Welcome to Money in the Air, the music podcast about neighboring rights, the royalties you earn from the public performance of your recordings and the business of music in general. Brought to you by IFR, the International Association for Artists and Rights Holders. I'm Andrew, a royalty consultant helping artists to collect on their value. Hi, I'm Gina Deacon. I work for Absolute Rights Management and I work with record labels and artists to ensure we claim the royalty income due to them. I'm Stacey Haber and I'm from Inside Baseball Music Publishing. Hi, I'm Tanya Oliveira. I work for Transparency Entertainment Group. I focus on World X USA neighboring rights on the performer side and rights holder side. Hey, welcome back to Money in the Air. This week, we're really excited because we're going to talk all things South Africa, and it's really exciting to find out what's going on there. Our guest today is Andrew Mitchley. He's from Gresham Records, and he's a NAR co-founder. He's just the guy. I am the MD of Gresham Rights Management, but when it comes to neighboring rights, I am the COO of David Gresham Records. Welcome to the podcast. It's lovely to have you here. First thing I want to know is how many neighboring rights organizations do you have for rights holders and performers in South Africa? So at the moment, there are there's only one that is actually regulated that has a license to operate. It's called SAMPRA. There is a smaller organization called IMPRA, but as far as I'm aware, where they don't hold a license from the regulator at the moment. But SAMPRA pretty much represents 99% of the entire industry. All the majors are with them, all the major indies are with them, all the major catalogs sit with them, as well as I think there's about 15,000 performers registered as well. Is it the same in South Africa as it is in most of the world where the performer will not get paid unless the rights holder has registered the recording first? Yes. At the end of the day, the license really lies in the copyright owner. So obviously the license would flow through the label or copyright chamber first. Obviously the, the performers would be licensed in tandem with that. It's very difficult to for a performer to actually register their copyright for neighboring rights without a label associated with it or a copyright owner. So if they're a DIY artist and they are the rights holder themselves, they can do that? Yes. So they would essentially register themselves as the label as well. Is the proportion of royalty, 50-50, what's the split between the rights holder and the artist? It's 50-50 in South Africa. And between the contracted featured performer or the featured artist and the non-featured artist? Featured performers participate in 65% of the revenue and non-featured and other featured are the, the balance of that. You had said other featured and non-featured. What's the split between other featured and non-featured? And does it vary sort of by recordings in terms of what whether, is there a cap on non-featured if there's only one featured artist and one non-featured artist? Yeah, so it's, it's 65-35. Uh, obviously, featured would get 65. And then 35 is but equally amongst all of the other contributors. A lot of territories on average backdate royalties by about five to six years. Is Sampra the same? Like if you haven't signed up with Sampra before and you've had loads of airplay in like Johannesburg and then like five years back, would you get like five years worth of royalties upon signing up? Or is it just one year in arrears? Like how does it work with yeah backdating royalties? Thankfully, the society is able to go back to 2009. As long as you've got a, a valid claim and there, there was uh, performances on that work and there was money collected, they can go as far back as that. If you're a UK label and you want to join Sampra as a rights holder, is that possible or do you have to be based in South Africa? In the case of our company, we always encourage labels to sign up with us. And obviously uh, having boots on the ground in the local territory is essential dealing with the society. 
also from an organization point of view, they also preferred that there is a local representative looking after those interests. As a representative in the UK who has accounts directly with many international societies, how would we go about setting up an account with SAMPRA? Would we have to liaise with you? Because I was told without being a label based in South Africa, we couldn't join SAMPRA. That would obviously be the SAMPRA policy. I can't really talk too much about the policy. At the end of the day, we, we are simply a member and we represent a lot of international catalogues. You would be redirected from SAMPRA to one of the preferred or of other companies that be the channel into the society. Wills and Estates and heirs. Here in the UK, the right is not waivable or transferable unless it is specifically mentioned in a separate codicil or clause of will. You have to say neighboring rights, equitable remuneration or related rights. Is it the same in South Africa? At the end of the day, the, the mandate's got to sit with an entity that is able to make a valid claim. So in terms of transferring of those rights, as long as you have some sort of proof and the recognition that you are the representative, you would be able to make that claim. What is regulation looking like in terms of interactive streaming for neighboring rights for them to participate off of platforms like Spotify, not necessarily just Pandora satellite radio like it is here in the US, but what is it looking like in South Africa? So there is no collections on those platforms, unfortunately, and hopefully we'll get there in the future. But, you know, the society is relatively new in terms of neighboring rights, and their focus really lies in broadcast, in communication to the public users. But hopefully down the line, that is on the pipeline. That's really interesting that it is broadcast, because as you know, in the US, it's not broadcast. And there is a movement for national treatment. So are Americans covered for broadcast in South Africa, even though South Africans are not covered for broadcast in the US? No, unfortunately, they're not. Broadcast is by far the biggest revenue generator in South Africa. And if broadcast isn't treated the same in America, that it'd probably be a very difficult place to reach if it's not fairly compensated on both sides. For online broadcast in South Africa, it is such a tiny, tiny, tiny market. One wouldn't imagine that there'd be kind of an equilibrium between the two. IFR's handy tip regarding national treatment between the U.S. and South Africa is that the U.S. pays out more in neighboring rights royalties than most other countries in the entire world combined. So if you're not giving national treatment and you're not getting it from the U.S., your artists are missing out on potential pots of money. Just leave sure. that hanging in the air. That's not about you as a rep. That's about legislation and what societies have decided between themselves. Who owns SAMPRA? SAMPRA is owned by the members, the member society. At the end of the day, the stakeholders are the labels and the performers. There is a very clear separation between the performance chamber and a copyright chamber. There is a board that is made up 6-6 on each side of those chambers with an independent chairperson that oversees the entire organization. It is member-owned. That is really impressive, especially that it's 6x. Six, six. It's good to have that balance between the two. For many years, and I became a director of the Society of Art five years ago, at that point, it was actually the merger of the two because they actually set completely separate organizations. And then we called the new sample was formed where the two chambers came together and the merger happened. And it's been really fruitful and beneficial for everybody since that merger. Black Box, does that exist within South Africa the way that it does in other countries where, especially for non-featured performers, where the money just isn't attributed? Yes, that would go back into the regular royalty distribution pools and is obviously split out according to your market share and your interest in that particular period. And how often does the black box get allocated? We mentioned before that we can go as far back as 2009, but is there a certain process or window of time that occurs? Generally, it's done once a year. 
Can I ask, are the payments from SAMPRA annually and are they in December or do you have any other payments throughout the year and does that cover both rights holders and performers or do they differ? Yes, yeah, so SAMPRA does uh, distributions once a year. Traditionally, it would have been in December. However, due to the pandemic and obviously with our artists' live careers being decimated, they've actually moved all of those distributions to now, early September. Does SAMPRA have a portal where you kind of log in and you search for repertoire and make your claims? Or is it done by submitting like a spreadsheet? A lot of CMOs have both or others you just submit an Excel spreadsheet like discography, if that makes sense. They actually do both. There is a new portal that I believe will be ready by the end of the year, but you can do online submissions and you can also do email. Obviously, the bigger catalog owners would be submitting through CSVs and Excel documents, but you can also as a performer do it one by one directly on their website. Is studio producer a payable role? Yes. So generally what would happen is there would be a declaration form of contributing performers or people involved in the sound recording, which is actually submitted by the artist, with artists and administration being quite difficult. I mean, from a purely administrative point of view in our company and our, the artists we represent, we actually do all of that registration for them and making sure that everybody in that chain is included in it. We certainly try and do that for our artists, but any artist can lodge those as well. And featured performers or producers or piano players that weren't mentioned in there. Sampra has a fantastic system, you know, whether it be through dispute resolution or they sort problems out pretty quickly when it comes to conflict. Does work for hire sort of fall into a different category or can an artist who does library music, production music, work for hire, is that payable? Just one important thing to note about Sampra is that it does not collect on TV. Audiovisual rights actually sit with a society called Risa Audiovisual, which is actually set up by the Recording Industry of South Africa. And it's called a RAV, which sits as a totally separate entity, which is a little bit unusual in that audiovisual doesn't form part of the neighboring rights society in South Africa. So it's completely separate. And from the best of my knowledge, they would be compensated through Risa Audiovisual. So is broadcast only radio? Yep. One of the things that my clients have been successful in doing is having the producer or the production company for TV shows and films register the recordings that are made within a television show as recordings. One, it helps them collect as rights holders. And two, it sets them up easily when they want to distribute a soundtrack album. To do that in some cases on our publishing side where music that's made for commercials, we actually do register it as commercial work as well. Purely because you don't really know where that may end up, but it's certainly an easier way of tracking it as well. It has been such a pleasure and I could do this for much longer. So please tell me that you'll come back and we can have a part two. I would absolutely love to come back. South African neighboring rights is by far the biggest neighboring rights society on the continent and hopefully leading by example because there are many, many gaps on the African continent that need to be filled. Other people that have interest in this across the continent, we can get it right because there are a lot of labels and performers that do need to participate in that economy that simply isn't getting back to where it should be. Thank you so much for participating. If you're not already a member of IFAR, please go to www.iafar.co.uk and hit that join now button. Again, Andrew, thank you so much. And thank you to my esteemed colleagues, Naomi, Tanya, Andrew, and Gina. Have a great week. Bye.